You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Hi, welcome to Nick Luck Daily. It's Tuesday the 27th of September. Tom Stanley in for Nick and we're focusing on this weekend's European action in the main, of course, the Qatar Prix de l'Arc de, de Triomphe that we will be broadcasting journalists Rishi Passad and I. We start with Very Elegant and the news that she's not guaranteed, as things stand, a run in the 20-runner field. Will that change? First of all, I'm joined by part owner of Very Elegant, Bray Sokolsky. Um, Bray, thanks for, for joining me. I, I, I'd read on um, Twitter, actually, that you were on a plane on your way over to to Europe. It, that turns out it's not the case. You're currently still in Australia, coming over soon. Um, uh, Bray, first of all, what's, what's your take on this? Have you had any contact with France Gallo at all? Hi, Tom. Uh, no, I haven't. I've left that uh, to Francis um, to uh, to manage. Uh, we're obviously very much taken by surprise when the news came through that it could be, um, well, more than a capacity field and as such some horses may miss out and that we were one of those horses that were subject to um, uh, to risk of being balloted. Um, they were pretty flabbergasted. Um, but uh, that that may be the case, um, but it's recently come to light, and I obviously don't have connections into France Gallo, and we're relying on um, Francis um, to to manage the horse accordingly, and um, we're moving forward on the assumption that come hell or high water, they'll find a way to make sure she gets a run. I take it there's a there's a whole host of you heading over in the next forty eight hours or so. Yeah, absolutely. There's um, there's a big crew of owners. Uh, family and friends of the owners from both Ireland and from uh, from Australia heading uh, heading to the Northern Hemisphere to see her race. Um, so uh, we're not doing it to um, to have a holiday in Paris. Um, so it'll be the source of some um, uh, disappointment uh, if. Uh, if we were heading to Longsharp as spectators and not owners. Uh, li- listen, just on her and, and what's happened in, in France in the two runs so far and where she is at the moment, how do you how do you feel about, what are we, a few days before the race, about the campaign, about the decision to, to have her trained in France and, and everything that's happened so far? Yeah, listen, it's, it has, obviously hasn't been without its challenges. Um, and, you know, I think... Like we have to be a little bit forgiving of her in the context of having to acclimatise um, to uh, to Northern Hemisphere, uh, having to be you know uh, I guess um, uh, accustomed to a different training regime um, and a very different pattern of racing, and I think it's been somewhat of a shock to her system, and uh, you know I feel like you know Francis has now got a really good handle on her and. One thing, even though I, you know we haven't seen very elegant anywhere near her best in her two runs this campaign in Europe, I do feel like she's on the right trajectory, and we saw an exponential improvement from her first up run to her second up run. And I just feel if she can show that same level of improvement to her third up run, you know we're going to see her very competitive. Um, it's difficult for me to go into the race with any level of confidence, knowing how formidable the opposition is. 
Um, but I do feel like she's in the right space and like we genuinely wouldn't be running her if we didn't feel like she was competitive. Um, there are a number of other options um, outside of the arc that would be you know, very good sort of group one um, prospects for her and uh, we feel like she deserves a chance and she's going to acquit herself really well in the race. Rishi Passad is with me and Rishi, one thing in very elegance favour is that the notable absentee from this morning's confirmations for the ARC is Adair, who is now going to go to Ascot. Um, good for very elegant, not great for the ARC, but that is certainly Ascot's gain. Yeah, that's good news for the champion stakes at Ascot. Uh, and also positive news for connections of very elegant, who are hoping that she makes the cut. Obviously, the ARC field is limited to 20. 27 horses were left in the race after the forfeit stage on Monday. Obviously, that's due to change again uh, shortly. Um, she was, or she's supposed to be supplemented at a cost of 120 grand on Wednesday. Um, Adair coming out, good news. There might be one or two others who may well come out. Uh, obviously, the race is limited to 20 in order to facilitate the, the bet um, uh, that France have on, uh, France Gallo have on the day. Uh, the Kint uh, I believe is the correct pronunciation. Um, the race has had bigger fields in the past. I mean, there are 23 runners when Urban Sea won it back in the 90s. And if you go far back to the 60s, there was a 30-runner field. And there has been speculation, or there had been speculation, that France Gallo might use their powers to uh, extend the size of the field this year in order to accommodate Very Elegant. I don't know whether that's going to definitely happen or not. But with Adair coming out and coming up to the next uh, forfeit stage, it is possible she may well make the 20. Now, I was going with, with, um, with Kante, bet, like, like Ngolo. That was how I was trying to remember it, actually. <laughs> I might be wrong. No, no, no. I, I'm, I, I defer to your greater French uh, knowledge that I'm, French is not my first language. Uh, no? And I would, will bow to that, Tom, if you go with it. Rishi, if I could just uh, revisit the, the Kipco British Champion Stakes picture for the moment. Uh, interesting that Adair is going to run in the race, and I wonder if Charlie Appy will run something else just to work out a way of how best to, to beat Baid. And it also really livens up the Trainers' Championship market as well. No, yeah, Charlie Appleby, obviously, he's he's had good success in the last couple of weeks that's seen him uh, take over William Haggis at the top of the Trainers' Championship. But obviously, Baid against Adair in the Champion Stakes may have a significant impact in itself in the outcome of that. Um, I think whether uh, there's another horse that can run in the race for Charlie Appleby to add to add to the whole difficulty for Baid, I'm not sure it would make too much difference to Baid personally. Um the only good thing from a, uh, I think, from a, uh, a race goer's point of view, a racing fan's point of view, is that you've actually now got a credible contender whose target is the champion stakes. The rest of the horses in the market, you know, in the market who are viable contenders are running in the arc. So at least you now know that I think Adia is the only other horse at a, a single figure price for the champion stakes. That obviously leads to the fact that Baid is uh, clearly uh, expected to win the race. But I like the idea of Adair lining up there now. At least it gives Baid something to beat. Um, and who knows? I mean, Adair, I liked his comeback run at Doncaster. There were some people who weren't that blown away by it. I thought it was really encouraging. Um, he he moved with great menace through the race. And, and in fairness, he beat Masakela. You know, he beat the Derby fourth and he hardly 
hardly had to move William Buick on on Adair. So I'm 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 hoping that he makes Baid have to stretch, regardless of whatever happens. I hope that we we see Baid coming off the bridle and having to go and get Adair, and it turns into a good race. That's what I'm hoping. Other news, Rishi, that um, Sheikh Mohammed Abed Al Maktoum and Andrea Ratzani have parted ways after eight years. Yeah, that's obviously disappointing for, I guess, for both of them, really. But um, they have had a great deal of success over the years. Uh, Andrea Atzeni has been uh, pretty uh, understanding, it seems, in his, his statement afterwards. He said that his contract came to an end. It's not going to be renewed. They had a great eight years together and they enjoyed plenty of success and they part on good terms. I mean, very rarely do people say they part on unfavourable terms and they never want to see each other ever again. The likelihood is, obviously, Andrea Atzeni's got a good relationship with Roger Varian, Simon and Chrisford, and uh, I believe Sheikh Mohammed Abed has said that he's not going to have a retained jockey. And in that case, you'd imagine that with Andrea available as a freelancer, riding for those riders, uh, those trainers who have horses trained by Sheikh Mohammed Abed, that Andrea will uh, reappear, reappear in the silks again. Um, but it's a, it's a bit of a challenge for him, obviously losing that retainer. But it's not as if he's not a top rider. I mean, they called on him to ride Stradivarius, obviously, even before uh, Stradivarius became a superstar. And subsequent uh, in the last uh, year, he then got back on the horse. So clearly he's a big race rider and I think he'll be all right. Now, Nick is away at Goffs. Um, he's been very busy, made my life a, a good bit easier this Tuesday morning. Just he's he's not just a, he's a presenter, producer multi-talented isn't he i mean he really is he's a uh, he's, he's he's sound engineer vision yeah. engineer editor I mean, editor <laughs> editor-in-chief sub-editor yeah uploader <laughs> um top, anyway top loader here, here he is now those of you who are regular listeners to this podcast will know gary robinson um, Gary is the man who famously bought a Gaggio out of the selling race at Goodwood and then the horse went on and won a ton of races even though his wife didn't know he'd bought it because she was in the loo at the time and it was a great story which we followed but a Gaggio is now no longer the highest profile horse that Gary Robinson owns because step forward Galleron who has just landed the Goffs Million which came back on Saturday 545,000 first prize and Gary's on the line now. I, do you know what? These stories just keep coming. I, I, I can't work out whether you're the luckiest owner around or or whether your enthusiasm is just being rewarded, Gary. Well done. Hopefully it's a combination of both. So, um, you know, all the time this luck is staying with me, then um, then I'm going to live it up and enjoy it. You know, what a race. When I bought um, Galleron off of Charlie last year, this was the destination. Uh, it was for him to run here. And as, as you know, we didn't know if he'd be good enough. And then we, we were worried about whether he'd make seven, actually, when he when he run at um, a Goodwood. We pushed him back to six. And then we said we'd bring him. We bought him. And I remember having a conversation with Charlie saying, anything better than ninth place, and it won't have cost me anything to bring him here. And then <laughs> he's just amazing. So brilliant, lovely horse. So named, uh, it's the first horse that we've named. And it's, um, it's the initials of myself, my wife, and my daughter merged together. Oh, it's just, just, just gets even better. Yeah, most people Nick could look at it and go, it must be something to do with, with the, uh, with the mayor, Society Galba. It's, it's not. So it's Gary Leanne Ronnie. Well, it, it's it's wonderful to see him doing so well. He took a big, big step forward uh, from a form perspective, even though he'd run creditably in in group races. He's be- beaten good horses on on Saturday. It was no lottery. What do you attribute that to? 
it's got to be down to Charlie, hasn't it? Charlie's the man who trains him. Charlie's the one who knows about horses, and I just happen to be on the journey with him at the minute. So this is this is Charlie Hills, and and you've got horses with 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 Gary Moore as well as as with with Charlie Hills. What what do you look for in a trainer, Gary? What how do you how do you go about choosing them? Uh, a friend of mine introduced me to Charlie, and um, and we we got on really well from from the outset. So um, so that was why uh, I've got a few with Charlie now. And um, and with Gary because um, I preferred jumps. That was why I went over to see Gary, and you know everyone knows they're a great horsey family. So so that's where we are. I've also got um, a couple of horses with Seamus Durack in Lambourne, um, and I'd uh, won't make a debut last week, but that didn't go too well. So uh, so hopefully he'll improve. I'm, I'm sure. I've, I've absolutely no doubt. I mean, the pressure's on for any anyone now, given given how well they're going. Now, what are you what are you going to do with the with the winnings? Are they going back into into racing, or what, what have you got planned? Well, you know what it's like, Nick. You've got to treat yourself when you have a little bit of success. So, so I think that'll probably be the thing. But I did promise that I'd take Charlie and um, and Philippa to uh, Las Vegas. So we've been talking about that, trying to get a date in the diary for November. Um, and naturally, I'm at, at Goffs today. We're having a look at some more horses and probably take a couple home, I would imagine. Well, hopefully I will see you at Goffs at some point during the course of the afternoon. Um, Gary, thanks so much. Congratulations again. Thanks, Nick. Cheers. Uh, Rishi, some uh, news released by Jockey Club Racecourses, the, the the true cost of the pandemic and that really two-year period. Um, Nevin Truesdale saying it, it's cost them overall about £160 million. Um, no small figure. No, uh, not unexpected when you consider uh, the type of revenue that the Jockey Club uh, generates annually. Um, in 2021, it was obviously as bad as the previous year, even though in 2021, no spectators were allowed at racecourses uh, until I think um, May. And then obviously there were reduced capacities till the middle of the summer. I thought one interesting and positive aspect of uh, what Nevin Truesdale had to say was the fact that prize money in 2019 um, was increased in 2022. So this year, despite the fact that the Jockey Club um, you know, had a fall of £160 million during the two years of the pandemic, this year uh, prize money is set to go up to more than £2 million above the 2019 levels, which is encouraging from the overall perspective of the sport. Well, more from Nick now. We will have our regular Tuesday Weather Me seg- segment very shortly. But first of all, here's Nick and we're off to Keeneland. Well, we are now in the meat of the autumn or fall sales season. We have just finished Keeneland, more of which in just a second. Goffs Orby begins in earnest today, and then we'll be moving on to book one at Tattersall's before we before we know it. And it's it's a, a volatile time in terms of international currency markets. We we heard about that yesterday. We were talking to Tom Goff about the impact of of the crashing pound and the strong dollar. Um, Keeneland has had a, a sensational sale by any metric. Uh, their vice president of sales is is Tony Lacey, and, and he's with me now. Uh, Tony, I know uh, I know everyone's probably absolutely exhausted, but it, it would be fair to say that whatever's happening in the world, there was plenty of cheer for you last week. Oh, it was it was amazing, Nick, and thanks for having us on. Um, it it quite honestly it was a it was a welcome surprise. We thought we were optimistic about the prospects for the sale in general. When you're looking at the sales around the world, they have been propped up propping up pretty well with last year and exceeding last year's numbers, even with the the turbulent economic environment globally, 
as well as, the, as you said, including the uh, currency exchange uh, challenges. So we were very, very happy. It was it was uh, fantastic to meet the meet those um, benchmarks that we didn't believe we would exceed in the next few years. But it was great to do it, and we did it in style. Can you can you give us some numbers just to contextualize the scale of what what was achieved? Well, when you get when you filter all through the numbers, a lot of the, the horses that were sold through the ring, it was four hundred and two point five million, I believe. Then, when you start bringing in the horses that were sold RNA to sale, as we call it, horses that were sold after the fact through the through the uh, through the books, it actually ended up being four hundred twenty one point five million dollars, which is an absolutely staggering amount amount considering in any in any environment. But to do it this year was amazing. Um, we were very, as I say, we we're pleasantly surprised. And again, it, it, it was started off very strongly from hip one. And quite honestly, it went all the way through to the very last hip on, the, on, on Saturday. In your opinion, why do you think the market is buoyant? Who is contributing to that chiefly? It's it's been it's been a, I'll be very frank the domestic market has been incredibly strong resilient I think there's enthusiasm for the sport that we've not seen in quite a while I think the, during the pandemic a lot of people have learned to enjoy their their, their uh, social interactions and horse racing was one of the few uh, the in fact the only sport that was televised live and was allowed to comp- allowed to operate li- in a live environment. So I think we we gained a huge bounce, and I think that and not just here but around the world. Um, again, we've we had an appreciation for you know what what that activity is, but but in addition, here in America we've we've in an, uh, in a, a very good position when it comes to purse structure. Prize money is very healthy, uh, whether it's New York. Uh, Kentucky and some other jurisdictions where the prize money actually validates having horses in training and here at the moment and again with some of our the historical horse racing uh, additions over the last few years has really given a boost to the local economy here in Kentucky that but again most of the money has come from areas like New York and California and I think when you see horses like Nest, Modoni Golf, and I think the ex- exceptional flight line, I think it gives people enthusiasm uh, for the sport. And again, the the uh, increase in the presence of partnerships and syndicates has allowed more people to gain those successes as a group, and which again I think allows people to feel really positive and want that feeling again. So it's it's a multiplier effect from many different angles. There's not one particular. Uh, factor I think in play I think we're looking at many different uh, variables that have come together and given given us a very healthy uh, environment. And Tony finally just a more of a, a sort of state of the union situation really I, I, we know that American buyers over the next couple of weeks in Europe are going to spend partly because of the currency and partly because of, of, of the turf pedigrees on offer um, when I initially spoke to Ed Prosser about the sale at Keeneland he said there were a, an encouraging number of European faces did it manage to work in reverse despite you know less advantageous circumstances i think it was really hell it was great to see so many you know familiar faces being an irishman seeing a lot of my countrymen and women coming coming as well as you know french uh the uh you, the, everybody from uk we i think 10 groups from japan and the middle east was heavily represented 
and again, on the flip side, there are a large there are a large group of uh, American agents and, and owners that are heading over to Goffs and intend to go to Tattersalls. I think there's an enthusiasm for turf racing that has not been present uh, ten years ago, and I think that's giving a real a real boost to the international markets as well. And um, you know, we, it's we're 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 actually pleased to see it because a lot of those pedigrees will come back to the states and re repopulate our our blood bloodlines with um, and gene pool with with uh, some exciting uh, European and turf turf pedigrees. Well, it is Tuesday morning. Uh, that is the morning, of course, Tom. That we go around the bloodstock world with our friends at Weatherby's their excellent stallion book and their global stallion app and our thanks uh, to them for their continued support and particularly nick craven's continued support sourcing the best guests from around the bloodstock world and given that it is the week that culminates with the qatar pre de triomphe it seems only appropriate that we once again head to france this time for the first time to Ardulogie saint-germain who've got two stallions in the stallion book french 15 and charm spirit and jérôme glande joins me from uh, our du Logis Saint-Germain. Jérôme, an exciting week for anyone who, who loves French racing and, and French breeding, and I don't suppose you're any exception to that, are you? Uh, yeah, like, like uh, you know, pretty much uh, everybody, you know, from, from the young age, you know, we, we all the same passion, and they, I mean, the, the winter for the flat people, it, it can be quite long, so we're always excited for... for the spring and to discover new horses and look at what stallion is working and different stuff. So I mean, like every year, it's been it's been I think uh, amazing year. And uh, you know we 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 delighted with uh, what we see on the arc weekend is coming. So it will be it will be exciting. You know, um, it just I don't want to be too sad, but the the. The weather is changing a lot in France, you know, this week, and that, that will definitely have an effect on the, on the ground. So it's, it's, it's a bit of a pity, but uh, every year is roughly the same, so you, you have to accept that. But, you know, the ground was perfect, but the, the going might be, might be changing mm. by, by this week, but that's, you know, that's life, you know. It, that's life. Tell me a little bit about uh, Saint-Germain, uh, just a, a few moments away from Deauville. <laughs> Yeah, well, Logis Saint-Germain, so, you know, it's a still farm near near Deauville, you know, and um, it's been owned by uh, Mr. Olivier Carly since 2008, and, you know, he, he invests uh, on broodmares, on, on stallion, you know, we we got uh, soldier fortune rapidly, and he's always been a stud farm with, with stallion, so it's just, we, we continue, uh, it's... You know the stallion business has, has changed a lot for the last ten years, but you know we still have in two, not two stallions, and it, it's good. So notably, Jerome, you've already had a, a classic winner. Just t- tell me about her. Well, I mean, uh, Dreamendu was a, was a filly, you know, Sioni filly that that went through the ring, and uh, we with the, the reserve we, we bought her back, and we decided to put her into training because we have. Uh, we have a, a racing team, you know, so we, we bring the horses, but we don't 
we don't only sell, we raise fuel, you know, we decide to raise her and it proved to be right. Um, and she, she was a good two-year-old and then she, she ended up winning classic. So that was, that was a great, great adventure. Um, but the good thing, the good thing of all is that, uh, you push harder to, to, to find the next one, which <laughs> now that the start is to be, to be even more difficult, you know, but he, it's, a, it's a lot of pressure, you know, uh, but now we have to find the next one. We have to move on, really. <laughs> and what, what chances have your stallions got of producing you one of those? Charm Spirit and, and French 15, they both raced in the, in the same colours? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Charm Spirit is a, is, a, is a very nice horse. With, you know, he's owned by the, the Sheikh Abdullah Al-Tani, and he, you know, he he did a few breeding season between France, France and England, and he went to New Zealand. And the the, the results are good. Um, and now he's, uh, you know, he's, he's producing a good lot of winners. You know, and in France this year, he's he's, he's produced thirty five winners, so it's very good. Um, we just, to be fair. We we probably missing a strong horse from from the, the stallion, you know, which he, which is for every stallion it's it's always a bonus. But he gets he gets good horses everywhere, um, and good winners. So that's why that's why the price as well as the stud fee reflect the market. You know, uh, we all know that if he had produced a Group One winner, he'd be standing at twenty thousand euro or plus. So. Is now I think we find the, the good balance for the the French breeders on the results, but he produced good stocks on going racing, so that's that's a that's a good start. You know, we we all we all wish we could get a, a Group One uh, producer, but uh, it's not always the case. So that's that's for Shama Spirit. Are we for French Fifteen that has been very versatile stallion? You know, he's a Group One winner, so it's a different. Different horse, um, he bred French King, and he bred, he bred good horses. And now we're starting to to move on on the the national side, you know, which he has few with Merlins, and we raise few. So it's a bit. We start with the flat with the good results, but then, you know, because it's more the middle distance. So we have French claim this year that that run well, you know, in Ireland for. Paddy Toomey. Uh, so you just move on on the national side, which is which is not really a problem because there is a there is, there is a good uh, future for for stallions to be a national hunt. You know they can't all be good flat stallions. So you move on with a new career, and I'm sure we'll have success. We already have success, and that will that will continue. You know, Jérôme, Just before I let you go, you got to tell me who you think is going to win on Sunday. Uh, I'm to I'm to tell to tonight because it's it's uh, it's uh, I mean I know it might be it might be a bit uh, stupid but I think I don't think he'll win but I think Sidiway is at forty two one will have a strong strong chance to be in the money and that's where that's where I put my money. Uh, my gamble is on on, on City Way. Uh, I had great great report from him, you know. So he's he's, he's forty to one. So that's where I put my money for the winner. It might be might be a bit tricky to be honest. Uh, I might pass on on this one, you know. Well, I asked you for something. You gave me a forty to one selection. You can't say fairer than that, Jerome. Best of luck with the stallions. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Uh, have a good day. 
Rishi, you can send us away this Tuesday afternoon with a winner. Are, are you are you looking at today's action? You're not you're not anti posting for the arc, are you? Uh, no, I, I tell you one horse. I'm going to keep my eye on see what race she runs in. Um, but homeless songs. I knew you were going to say homeless songs. She's got How some options. Well, because I, I was as, as I was sat, as I was sat there last night thinking, who shall I call for the Nick Like Daily podcast? I wonder if Dermot Welb would be a good shout because mm. she's got a few entries, isn't she? She's 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 a possibility for seven furlongs at the weekend. She's mm. a she's a I'd say a likely runner in the Sun Chariot, right? That would be is that the most likely? Do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I I'd, I'd love to see her in the foray. I think that would really suit her. Um, if she were to run in the in the foray, I would fancy her to beat Kinross, um, and I'd fancy her to win the race. So she would be the bet. Uh, if she runs in the Sun Chariot, I'd I'd take her on uh, over the mile. I think she might be better over seven on the turning track at uh, at, at Longchamp. The temptation, um, Rishi. You know how Nick's been doing the live calls recently, but I yeah, I don't yeah. think I don't think you. I, I don't think I'm bold enough at, at 20 to 10 on Tuesday morning, 20 minutes before Dexter, live call Dermot Well, it just rang out. I don't know. I, don't, I think you might have, well, you might have more of a reputation at Dermot Wells than Nick. I mean, don't, don't do yourself down. I mean, yeah. I think give it a go. Um, go on, Rich. Who's your tip? Um, I'm going to have uh, a little play today. Obviously, Homeless Songs later on. If she runs in, in France, yes, I'll be backing her. Uh, if she runs at Newmarket, no, I'll, I'll, I'll probably back Saffron Beach uh, in the Sun Chariot. But today at Wolverhampton, I'm going to have a little play on Electric Love, who runs in the 5.30 for Tom Clover. Uh, I thought it was a really good run last time at Yarmouth. She's got a good draw in store one uh, going around six furlongs. So Electric Love for me. Super duper right that's it um nick will be back tomorrow from ireland uh for no doubt an update on on uh, what's going on with the arc we will see you again tomorrow bye-bye you've been listening to nick luck daily brought to you in association with fitzdares the racehorse owners association and thoroughbred racing commentary Thank you.